0: Of the Growing Faith Podcast. My name is Rick McClatchy. I am your host today. I hail from the great city of Portland, Oregon. Happy to be here with you today. If this is your first time listening to the program, our heart here at the Growing Faith Podcast is really very simple. We want to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. We happen to think that the saints are just those normal, everyday people that find themselves. In the pews every Sunday morning, uh, those those are the people that God has called and equipped to see his kingdom extended throughout the earth. We're talking to you. We're excited to be talking to you today. We love to talk about pastoral care and we love to talk about small groups as those are just places where uh, really the rubber meets the road when it comes to ministry. And so today I'm excited to be able to offer to you. Uh, an interview, a conversation with my friend Melton Weaver from Lafayette, Louisiana, who is a uh, has over ten years of ministry experience in the realm of small groups and equipping small group leaders and actually equipping small group pastors and directors. So, just a real honor to have him here on the program today. And so, I hope you will uh, turn up the ears today. Listen good and you will receive a ton of great content. God bless you, and I'll catch you on the other side of the interview. All right, so here we are, Melton Weaver. Man, it's pretty cool how uh, these social media platforms, they take a lot of flack sometimes for some of the destructive or negative things that they do. But boy, some of the relationships and connections I have made with people seemingly random connections that actually end up turning out to be really life-impacting connections. And I would say uh, you're turning out to be one of those uh, for me, just being able to connect uh, through your multiplying small groups uh, network on Facebook. Um, I I don't even know how I stumbled upon it, but it just showed up one day and I was like, oh, that's right in my wheelhouse, you know, small groups, baby. And so jumped in and got to hear you and your wife uh, talking about that. So I just want to start off by saying thank you for being willing to spend some time uh, coming on the Growing Faith podcast. You know, I will say our our heart here is to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. And me being a small groups guy, man, small groups are the work of the ministry. You know, like it's it's just where the rubber meets the road. Uh, It's the boots on the ground and all of those great cliches. Um, so why don't you just take a minute um, and just tell me a little bit about yourself. Where do you come from and, and why
1: are you so passionate about small groups? Absolutely. And I appreciate you invite me on. This is, this is great. Uh, I mean, I think there was like, like you said, there's just kind of an instant connection there when, you know, when, I, uh, when two people are, are, are passionate about the same thing and trying to head in the same direction, you know, and uh, which is kind of what encapsulates small groups in itself. Right. Uh, we're getting like-minded people with similar interests and passions, and putting them together, and great things happen. Uh, on, so, um, uh, thanks for being here. This is go- this is a lot of fun for me. So, we, we, I started in small groups probably, I think it was around eight nine years ago now. Um, coming out of, and it's kind of an interesting uh, feel how God kind of just moves you, right? So, I was coming out of the business world while I was big in uh, team building. And, uh, you know, actually making big team, grouping people together uh, anyway, and uh, had some, um, uh, you know, systems and things for that and uh, sales background and the marketing background, and then got called into ministry. They, they, you know, I had to, pastors pull me aside and said, hey, we, we got this area that we, we think you'd be good at, you know, and prayed about it, prayed about it, obviously, and then jumped into small groups. And we had no idea. I mean, we had been in a couple of small groups before and, and we, you know, I don't think we even liked them, you know? <laughs> like, you know <laughs> we, we, we've like, all man, been in that group before. <laughs> oh, absolutely. We go, oh man, oh my God, is it two weeks already? We got to go to small groups. Oh, we're so big. We got so much, you know? And so when they put me over small groups, I'm going, man, okay. All right. <laughs> well, there's right. There's got to be a better way of this. This is... I got to find out what the purpose of this is. I got to find out what the meaning is behind this. I got, and you know, and I really started to dig and really started to research and really started to, you know, and from, from the Bible to, you know, other books from pastors, from New York to California and going, uh, how are small groups supposed to be effective And and what makes them tick? What makes them thrive? What makes them grow? And what makes, you know, so what's the purpose on the, for the small group itself, but then the ministry, how can you make that flourish as well? So we really became students uh, of that. uh, And, and yeah, and so here we are today. We just, our mission became, after we've been in small group ministry, me and my wife for, um, you know, like I said, seven years or so. Uh, we were starting to have churches that came to us and just go, man, okay. All right. What y'all got going on is phenomenal. What, what do we need to be doing differently uh, in our church? What do we need to be doing different? And so that became more of a passion for us because we had a good system and things going and it was flourishing in it, but it became a passion to see, it, you know, cause you know, if you're ministry for a while, it, most ministers have the same heart in that, they want to see their people thriving. That's right. Being blessed, you know, full of life and energy and vibrant, and we were getting to see a lot of that. And so we we said, man, you know, there are churches we want to. Uh, we know the hearts of ministers out there, and they want to see this too. Let's. What can we do to to kind of help people get to where? even we are at, if we can just help them get here, you know, they probably, they might be way better than us once they get here. Maybe we can just help them see this. So that's how we kind of got started with multiplying small groups and uh, uh, about a year ago. Yeah.
0: That's fantastic. And so you are, uh, you hail currently from Lafayette, Louisiana. So I'm up here in the Northwest. So of course, you're two hours ahead of me, but I'm still drinking cold brew, because uh, that's what we do here in the Northwest, is we drink coffee all, <laughs> time, all times of the day. Um, so today, we want to talk about uh, one of the conversations that we had um, that kind of sparked my interest. It, actually, I was watching one of your guys' presentations you and your wife were doing, and um, you were making these comments about, um, man... People's lives get changed when they get into a small group, but you want to see somebody really, really transform, man. Get them to lead a small group. Yeah. And I started to think like, that's a. I think I. I think I believe that. I think I agree with that. But yeah, and let me kind of like play around with that idea a little bit. And so, um, you know, it's been great to have a couple of conversations with you, and we've we've talked through some stuff and. I love just the bouncing ideas off and it kind of is this, this nice synergy that happens because our hearts are both like set on this, this world of, of community and discipleship. And, um, and so I, I just thought, you know, it'd be great if we could just talk today about some of the reasons why leading a group is better for you and helps you grow more than just being a part of a group. And um, so I don't know if you just want to kick off into that subject and um, absolutely. and let's, let's, let's just have some fun with that one.
1: No, absolutely. You know, one of the, this I had a, a guy, a mentor, uh, many years back, you know, and, and this was in the kind of the sales process and it kind of, and it, and it was one of the, the tr- things I was able to bring over into groups. And he told me, he said, mountain, you know, if you want to have uh, grandkids, well, what's the first thing you need to have? I, uh, well, I guess kids is <laughs> <laughs> Right. Pretty He's sure that's how it works. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's that's it, right? And he yeah. goes, well, "Look, so he said now if you he said now so if you want to have kids, so you you want to have grandkids, you got to have kids. You're exactly right. That's the answer I was going for. How many parents teach their kids how to have grandkids? Uh, he said, "Did your did your parents coach you up on that? <laughs> like, no, nope. no, no, just gotta <laughs> of naturally." Kind of come naturally, right? Uh, kind of, kind of come naturally. Yeah, he said. So first thing, if you want great kids, you got to have kids. So in the small group context, to me, and I was like, you know, if if we're all made to make disciples, you know, there's no clause in there. Yeah. Uh, so if 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 there's if if that's something that we're all called to do, it just it just I believe wholeheartedly that then that skill set or that gifting is already inside of us all, right? So I don't need to, to, it comes naturally out of people if they're put in the right setting. So I don't need to teach people how to have grandkids, I just need to go get some kids, meaning I need to help people get into their gifts and talents and get them into leadership. And then they're going to then go, wow, this is what I was called to do and start producing grandkids and they'll have people in their groups and, and, you know, they start really working off of their giftings and their talents. But I think so. So when you get into small group leadership, the problem I've, we saw in, in, in our groups was that most people weren't using the gifts and their talents to lead small groups. Uh, they were either leading small groups out of, out of uh, 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 duty or necessity or you know you would have some that would, would maybe be operating in, in their teaching or, or whatever. But for the, for the most part, people aren't leading out of their gifts and their talents, which is what they were created to do. So the product of that is people like me who are in small groups and going, uh, man, we gotta go to the small group again, right? Exactly. Versus versus the folks who are who are just absolutely loving being a small group leader because they're using their God-given gifts and talents. And then the people who are in their groups love coming because they're naturally being discipled, naturally, you know, becoming grandkids, right? So, so yeah, that was kind of that that skill set that came over. So I was so we looked at that when you go, man, it is so if i have somebody in the group they're learning and, and and things but the person who is leading the group is operating in their calling they're operating in what their purpose is and what they were put here to do okay. And the biggest problem, and you you probably heard this, and I heard some crazy stat the other day. A lady was saying, I uh, was listening to a, another podcast that she was going um, and I don't know if the stat is accurate or not, but it's, it's, it's a good number, right? You, do, you can just make up a stat, and it sounds great, right? 75% uh, you know,
0: of all statistics are made up, you know? <laughs> exactly. Exactly.
1: exactly. Including exactly. that one. <laughs> But she said, you know, most people, 90, like 90% of the folks who are on this planet don't know why they're on this planet. Mm. And I, 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 I mean, it sounds good to me. I mean, if I look at my surroundings, I can go, man, maybe that, that 90% sounds about accurate, you know. Right. But when you, when you have small group ministry and we can get people into leading small groups, I think that number really starts to shrink mm. if they're using their giftings and talents because now they're actually doing what they were created to do and they're moving closer towards that perfect place where God has built and set for them. You know, and kind of like David said, you know, you know, you know, if I didn't think God was going to move here in the land of the living, right. and we want to get people to that place, to where God is moving in the land of the living, and being a small group leader has got to be the best place to do that. It's the best place I've ever seen, the best tool we have as a church, the best ministry that, that does that. Is that does is that, is that, that did that answer that?
0: No, I, I think that's so good. And I think one of the things that you hit on that it's really, really a powerful concept for people to get a hold of is, is going back to you know Matthew 28, 18 through 20, like go into all the world and make disciples. And so when you realize that the main heartbeat of small groups is is really discipleship, it's relationship, it's life-giving relationships that lead to a transformed life by the power of the Holy Spirit in a person's life. And when you realize that that is what being a small group leader is all about, is discipling people, then you're right. When we get people to step into that role, they're they're beginning to fulfill the very purpose, as my my lead pastor always says, why you're sucking air on planet earth. Like Mm -hmm. you begin to understand the reason why God gives you the privilege of breathing air is because he wants you to mm-hmm. extend his kingdom. And as you, because sometimes I think we, we use words like leadership and sometimes use words like intimidate people. Uh, yeah. But what I love is the point that you made there so well, is that because we're stepping into God's purposes for our lives, I like to say where it's God's vision, it's his provision. Like, He's going to provide right. for the thing that he calls you into. He's going to grace you. He's going to give you the talents and the giftings and the abilities that you need to, to do the thing he's called you to. I, one of the conversations you and I had, you're like, God doesn't call you and then leave you high and dry. Like, he doesn't just
1: leave you alone. Like he Yes, tells... you're not called to fail. I mean, That's he right. doesn't set you out on a mission with you, his intention for you to fail. That's just not, not how God is. He, he's, he's, if, if anything, he's a winner and he creates winners. And if he built you to, for a purpose, he's going to make sure. And a lot, I think a lot of times we, we, we put the pressure and the weight on ourselves to go, I have to finish the mission and God's gone. No, I need you to show up. <laughs> yeah. Let me do what I do. Right. If, 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 if he's the gardener, we're the garden tools and is never upon the shovel, is never the shovel's fault if the dirt don't get <laughs> dug, right? <laughs> right, even though, <laughs> you know what I mean? Now, if you're a golfer, that's completely different. It is always the golf club's fault. It that's is always right. the golf That's, fault. Right. that's, that's right. right. That's hilarious. hilarious. But, but it is up on the gardener to take care of the garden. And he, he, puts, he gets the tools together that he needs to do that. And so that's Sorry. the same thing. Where, you know, if he calls me to lead a small group, and I think a lot of people put the pressure on themselves to go, man, if I don't do this right, if I don't, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. What if, what if, what if, what if this happens? What if that happens? And all that was that fear of the unknown that never happens. Well, here's another great stat. 85% of the things you're worried about never happen anyway. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. No, I think so. We, yeah. that's a powerful, that's a powerful idea. You just talked about
0: being, being the shovel or, or, Another, you know, picture that Jesus used in John 15, he's the vine and we're the branch and the branches are where fruit appears, but the branch yes. didn't, the branch didn't do the work. He was, the branch was merely a mm-hmm. conduit for life to flow through. And and so like God's a lot more concerned about your availability than he is your ability, right? Like it's actually exactly. in, in your weaknesses that he's made strong. His grace is Sufficient for you, and so as we were talking about stepping into being a group leader and how it helps you use your gifts and your talents um, better, you you started talking about this picture of a sword uh, being yeah. forged, and um, can you just talk about that picture um, because I think that there's a powerful like little nugget in there for people that maybe feel like because of the kind of the heat they've been in. The, the, the battle they have fought, they, they feel like I'm not good enough. I'm not equipped. I, that's not me. I can't do that. And so I thought, walk me through the picture that you talked about with the sword and, and uh, let's just dig in. There.
1: And I got this and, was, and I was think, trying to think of an analogy uh, to use. Um, and, and this was actually on a Sunday service not too long ago. Well, I was going to, you know, just the difference between being in a group versus leading a group. And and the best picture I got was, you know, you know of a sword. And a sword, before you have the sword there, it has to, you have to make the sword. And so, you know, in the morning to make a sword, you know, it's the, one of the coolest pictures you ever see in the movies, right? When they're making the sword and they're putting it in the fire and they're banging on it and cling, cling, right? And they're forging that thing in fire and it's getting, it's getting all these rough edges and they're sharpening it up. Well, literally to me, that's, that's what like being in a small group does, right? You get people that come in with a lot of rough edges, a lot of times maybe, or, uh, you, know, they, you know, they haven't been in relationship and you, and you know, people who are, haven't been in a relationship for a while, all of us, we get a little weird, right? Uh, we get a little, we get isolated into ourselves and it's just us, we, we're our own loudest voice, right? We start to get a little weird. And then when we get in back into relationship, it starts to normal us out again. It starts to bang off those rough edges, right? Just like a yeah. sword when it's yeah. getting forged. But when you're leading a small group, so that, that sword is not made to just be forged and then sit on the shelf. They make swords to go to war, right? They make mm-hmm. swords to fight with. They make swords to be swung and, and, and chop things, so when when that when you start leading a small group, you're actually doing what you were made to do, right? You're you're actually you're actually you're now the sword that is that is being swung through the air. You have purpose. You have you you know you're 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 offensive, right? Your 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 goal is to help take ground at this point. So yes, yeah, so that was the analogy that came to me. Well, I mean, in a Sunday service one morning, just and just you know the contrast, the difference between being in a group and and, and, the, and the benefits you get from being in a group. And there are a lot, yeah. but just the exponential benefits you get from being a, a, a leading a small group. Well, the
0: other you thing know? I, the other thing I really love about that picture is, is the picture of the forging is one of heat and pressure and, <laughs> and friction and banging and pain and, and so sometimes people feel like, man, you don't know. You don't know the road I've walked. You don't know the heat I've been through. Like I'm like I am damaged goods and, yes. and I, I can't step into that next level because you don't understand. And, yeah. and I, I actually think that, you know, um, it's the craziest thing how God's sovereignty and his providence, uh, man, sees us through the craziest of situations in different people's lives actually to set them up for the very place and the very people he's called them to minister to. Um, And so to to actually look somebody in the eye and say, you know what, you've been through a season of forging. You've been through a season where God has been shaping you for this very moment. You can actually have a pretty powerful moment speaking into a person's life to say, you know, like, um, I think this is the time where you're going to get taken out of the sheath and you're going to, like God's going to do some, some real work through you because, because that time of forging is maybe coming to an end. I mean, not that he's ever done shaping us and molding us, usually, right. but right. Um, I mean, except for me, no, no. <laughs> <right>. So <clears throat> ah, I like, you're like thankful lightning does not come through zoom because uh, old Rick there, he was about ready, but um, so
1: no, the, another, so, go ahead. No, it's so true. I mean, that is, that's, Excellent points you make. I mean, but you know, I think people look at their life a lot of times and they and we're we're programmed to see negative. Right? So I can look back at my life and and we all do it. I mean, myself included, we all we we are focused on the negative. Here's another great stat. You know, 85% more than those that were focused on the positive. But that's how we're programmed, right? That's what sells news right now. Negative. If positive doesn't sell, negative sells, and there's a reason why. It's because we are programmed to to regress back to the the negative. But then you can. But a lot of times we can look at all those same situations, and a lot of times we look at the situation when we see the negative, we feel the hurt, we feel the pain, and that's what we remember. Uh, but a lot of times we you can look at that same situation and go, man, I came out of that, right? Man, I survived that man. I came through that. I'm still here. There must be purpose. There must be reason he got me through that. He's going to, if he can get me through that, he can get me. So like David, I mean, David, I love this example of David when he's going, going up against Goliath, right? Here's your small group leader. He's been tending the sheep. He's had to fight a bear. He's had to fight a lion, and he uses that to go. If he can deliver me from a bear and a lion, he's going to help me take out this giant. And and we're going. Wait a minute. That was a bear and a lion. Okay. This is this is a dude trying to kill you. <laughs> this right. is the biggest man in the world trying to kill you. And he's but he's going. Look look. I can look at my past, and see the issues I've had, and know that God showed up to get me out of that. So he's probably going to get me out of – he's going to help me through this too. And then this is my favorite part of the whole story. He takes off towards Goliath. And on the way, he finds five rocks. He didn't find five rocks and then go, hey, now I can go get Goliath. He stuck off first, and on the way, he found the five rocks. That's good. You see what I'm saying? Same thing's true with small group leadership. We get started, and we're like, oh, my goodness. I mean, and you can probably look back at your life and see all the times God has shown up. And then we go, but, man, this this carries some weight. I'm doing this for the men. I'm doing this for God. I'm doing it right. But we get started, and then you, as you start moving, you start to find your rocks. <laughs> you that's know, right. and, oh, here's another rock. Here's another rock. And you're able to keep going and keep going when you're walking in that purpose and your calling. I think nah, that's so good. Yeah.
0: So good. Yeah. The other thing we were talking about in this is, is the stretch factor. Yeah. Uh, something, something so powerful about allowing the Lord to stretch you. And, and I think you were kind of almost just hitting on it. Like, um, you know, like David had taken on a bear and, and, and a lion, but now it's like a, a trained warrior, you know, like that's, that's gotta be some kind of upgrade, you know, like in, you know, so so he's allowing he's allowing past experience to build faith in God to then put allow him to step into a place where he's going to be stretched beyond um I mean you know he he was obviously very good with a slingshot so he's he's someone that I actually think he went in expecting to win I don't think he ever had right. any any thought of defeat so I don't want to take anything away from from David but um but he never would have been able to see God come through in that place if he wasn't willing to take that step into the battlefield and put himself at some risk. Right. You know, like
1: oh, absolutely. Goliath
0: wasn't there to tickle him. You know what I mean? Exactly.
1: So- <laughs> I mean, I, and there's gotta be, I mean, I gotta, I mean, I'm just thinking, and this is, this is something I love to do in, in, in with people in the Bibles. I like to go back and put like humanity in them. You know what I mean? Cause we, we you know, a lot of the Bible people are superheroes and stuff like that. But every now and then you, you get a chance to put some humanity in it. I'm just going, okay. So David says all this stuff. There's gotta be a time because he's walking a long way to get to this big guy. <laughs> you know, there's gotta be some of those internal prayers that we all have. You know, I'm going, he's going, all right, God, like look, look, I'm gonna put you out here. Better show up. Better show up. Better show up, man. <laughs>
0: That's the, that's the first prayer of any good small group leader, you know, like oh, right, right before your first small group meeting, you're like, okay, Lord, you better show up. You you know? so, <laughs> <laughs> but,
1: uh,
0: yeah. Cause I think um, putting, putting yourself in that place where you're allowing God to stretch you beyond what you feel comfortable with actually puts you in a place where you begin to give God the opportunity to show up in a big way. Because, um, because, you know, I, I think for, Someone, someone like yourself, you're comfortable speaking to people. And so you can always be in these positions where like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm comfortable with this. And you can you can perform under your own gifting, your own talents, your the, the natural skill and ability that's been given to you. If you never allow yourself to get pushed to that place, right. uh, there's, uh, you know, out on social media, there's a picture where there's a circle and it says your comfort zone. And then there's this X outside of the comfort zone. And it says where all the magic happens, you know, is where that X is outside of your comfort zone. And and I feel like uh, that's where that's where the Lord has the opportunity to show up in your life is when you allow him to stretch you beyond the thing that you're comfortable with. And so we I mean, we talked about how it increases your leadership influence and capacity and um, and and just that whole like his strength being made perfect in our weakness. If we never, uh, open ourselves up to those places where we don't feel like we're the best, we never actually give God's opportunity, uh, you know, to bring in his grace and to show off a little in us almost more for us, but obviously God does great things through us in those moments. But, uh, another thing you were talking about is, uh, it makes it less about you. So
1: talk to me a little bit about, uh, leading a small Absolutely. group makes it less about you. Absolutely. I mean, for a lot of those reasons you just said, um, you know, are things that are happening to you with, you know, when you step out into leading a small group with your, you know, your your influence and all those things. Uh, and have you ever noticed this? Like even that X that's outside that comfort zone, you that, that quickly comes into the comfort zone. You, you know what I mean? Yes. It's like, it's, so true. It's, it it quickly i mean they're they're going man i just don't know if i could do this 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 but then once they get out there it's like that circle just gets bigger real quick and they go man, this is this is this feels okay Mm -hmm. right and 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 then when you hit that spot i think you also you start to look and it's like i'm having to it's because i'm i'm less selfish now right You, you know you think about things you would do for your kids that you normally wouldn't do. Like I don't like insects or spiders or mm-hmm. things like that. But if there's a spider on boy, I'm going to knock him off. You, you know what I mean? Without thinking about it, and because I'm not thinking about my own concerns, I'm thinking about the welfare of my son. Same, yep. Same thing happens when you start leading a small group, and because it's, now it's you, you get to take the spotlight off yourself. And and I know. <laughs> we, at, there's times we we all want the spotlight, but when the focus is on you, and I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but when it's always about me, I start to get miserable, right? But that means, it usually means there's things going on that I don't want going on when it's about me. And it's me focused and it's my, my, me, my, my, right? And because we all st- always start to attract to the negative and we have all our problems start to amplify when it's always about us. But this happens all the time when we're in small group and I'm hearing all everybody else's problems and I'm helping them and I'm encouraging them. And I'm, man, you got this walking through it and you got it. And I'll go home to my wife and I go, man, our problems ain't that bad.
0: <laughs> yeah. There's a certain level of perspective that comes right when you're, a, when, oh, yeah. you, when you get outside enough to see other things that are going on, it, it brings things into a proper perspective Um, You know, and I think we always have to try to balance out these concepts. What we're not saying is never pay attention to your own needs, never care for yourself. Like, we're not saying any of those things, but we are saying we live in a nation where as a nation, we, we kind of, you know, culturally, we kind of tend towards self-centeredness and probably just as human beings, we, we tend towards self-centeredness. And so, we require some level of of pulling and stretching yes to to turn our focus from inside to outside and then we begin to see some like our world begins to change as we as we do that
1: when you start and when you start when you're putting the focus on others like that i mean you're 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 literally pouring out what god is putting in you and he's created you to do and he's created you to be So he keeps adding more to you. I mean, so this is what I've seen in a lot of small group leaders is that their territory increases, you know, their abilities increase, their talents increase, their demand for their for their skill set increases, because I mean, as more as they can pour out, God pours back in, you know, and he's and because they're not focused on their self, they're more focused on others, their problems shrink. You know they don't have as many here's the thing they might still have the problems they're just not as big as they used to be you, you, does that make sense they're not over amplified yeah. like they used to be there might still be problems there but they're not like that they was you know we had a single mom uh who was leading a small group and and she had like the normal single mom issues you know there's not not the another parent in the house so having to be the mom and the dad uh living on the one income you know all those things the single mom problems right uh start small groups and is like her life was just overflowing you know what I mean she's leading some single mom small groups so now she's hearing all the uh, the other single mom problems and day-to-day life and things that people haven't but now hers start to really shrink she's still having the same ones but it's like her, uh, it, they weren't as big of a deal anymore, and then, and then after that, you start to see increase coming to her, right? Because now she's, uh, it's like God is supplying all her needs because she is doing what she is called to do, and it literally says that, hey, hey, I got you, <laughs> you know, I'm going to supply all your needs, and 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 you actually have more needs when you're doing the work of the ministry, when you're doing what you're called to do, right? You think about when it's when it's us focused and we're going, Lord, if you would just give me this, if I had this, if I just did this, if I had that, if I just could give me this, I could, my life would be better. But when you're going, God, all right, look, we got all these folks out here. We got to do this. I want to be able to do this for them. All right, the, the, Shelly needs this. I mean, I want to help. It. it is it is amazing how God gets stuff through you so you could get it to to others. And and I've seen it happen hundreds of times. So, you know, I've seen, uh, we do, we have a ministry here that we do with deliverance and things. And we set up, uh, you know, uh, a, um, a scholarship for a conference that we did, right? And so now we had it in the back and we was like, you know, if anybody ever needs a scholarship, we got it. We got, you know, we can help, you know, financially if they need help doing that. But we told the small group leaders, Hey, if if, if they, they, hey it's there's no scholarship. Right? No If if so you got people and they, they tell them now how much it is and da da, da, da and y'all come together, or whatever. Now we had scholarship money if, if it came to it, right? So we, we're not yep. agreeing. <laughs> but here's here's what happened. Never had to use it. They always had the resources or found the resources or whatever to help if anybody was in need, get to the conference, a hundred percent of the time they got it. The small group leaders would come through a hundred percent of the time. And that's probably one of the most amazing stat lines I've seen in, in our ministry. And that was one of the statistics today that has not been made up that one
0: verifiable (laughs) proof proven we're good. So (laughs) uh, that's awesome. And, uh, and you know, one of the points we talked about in this whole journey, I I mean, I love, I love that whole point that you just made. It's so interesting how, when we allow God to take, uh, to help us get our focus off of ourselves, it kind of frees him to be more generous to us because he knows it won't get stuck with us. And we won't worsen our situation because I think, it's like you know you've got three kids. I've got four kids. We we know the dynamic of some things you can give to your kids because you know that they're going to handle it right. It's not going right. to ruin them. It's not going to hurt them. Um, you know, but but you can't if you know if your if your kid has this you know crazy thing about candy and they just want to eat all the candy. You can't just pile in all the candy. So right. if if I have this like fixation on money or lack or whatever and, and god you know god's like wanting to pour in but it just gets stuck with me you know like i, I i'm never giving i'm never generous i'm never helping i just oh uh, uh, you know like bringing it all into myself then then god has to be like well hey you know i i, yeah. I can't i can't That's- pour i can't pour resource into that container you know like right what's the point it's a black hole yeah and it just worsens it worsens my situation and god's too good for that. He's right. he's not going to do that to me. He's going to wait for me to, to get my heart into a place where no, actually I'm, I'm looking more out for other people. And then boy, as then resource gets poured through, you're like, wow, okay. Like this stuff's happening. My needs are just getting taken care of. This is amazing because God's just that good. And, um, we we're talking about nothing helps you learn something like you helping others to grow never mind all of the accountability that comes with being the small group leader. You're like, well, I better, I better know what I'm talking about. So you might read a little bit
1: more. You might yeah. pray a little bit more. You more might study more. a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. No, you're so, that's, that's so right. I mean, like, uh, in any topic that you're on, you know, if, if you lead a, uh, a parenting small group, you are about to become a way better parent. That's right. Because there are people that are going to be leaning on you for 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 advice or expertise or 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 just if you're just going through the series with them. I mean, they're just they're, they're going to they're going to be bringing issues with them. They're going to be talking to you about them. Your your parenting skills are about to increase. I mean, like, you know, if it's about uh, spending relationship time with your spouse and you're just doing a group on that. Your relationship skills are about to increase because you're going to want to be the best person in the room, right? And you're gonna you're going to be practicing what you preach more, and you're gonna be uh, diving in and learning this bit, that bit, and, and you want to bring out a little nugget here and there at every small group, and uh, and anytime you start teaching, I mean, that's you, you become or leading a small group, you become the uh, uh, you become like the expert. You're looked at as the expert, and you want to feel like that. I mean, even if it's an activity, I mean, like if, if you know, we had uh, a guy here, one of my favorite small groups I've ever had is a motorcycle group. Nice. Okay. And it's, so, literally, it was like we had our own church motorcycle gang. I mean, it's the coolest thing. <laughs> they had a little, they had, because if you're in a motorcycle group, I think you had, they had the little emblem, it was like a cross, you know. and, and uh, and, you know, I got a T-shirt out of it, even though my wife won't even let me look at a motorcycle. Um, uh, I did get a chance to take home the cool T-shirt. You <laughs> That's know. <awesome>. You know.
0: <laughs> She's like, Melton, you will kill yourself on that thing. And so I am not letting you near that bike. <laughs>
1: exactly right. Now, now, he's never had a group like this before. He just loved riding motorcycles. He figured there were some other guys that liked to ride. And because people said, yeah, I love to ride my so He's getting all these guys in his group. So he's having no worries. Now he's going, okay, well, I'm planning these routes. And he's planning the routes out and the, planning the stops. And then he had this charity thing that they did. You know, no, 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 no. this guy started with, he, he became the motorcycle king <laughs> like, with this group uh, because he was just like, you know, he came to us and he's like, man, I really love riding my motorcycle. It'd be great to ride with some guys. That's how it started. Yeah, and uh, I now mean. he's tied in with these other churches and they're going and they're riding here and they're the to charity events and all that. He's planning this stuff out, blah, 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 just because he one day, one day he's like, Man, you know, I just like riding I wish I had some guys I could ride a motorcycle with. Man, it sounds like a great small group. That's so good. Yeah, and, and that's
0: I love how God redeems uh the 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 interests and the passions in our life to actually bring kingdom expansion if if we will allow him to, if we'll surrender it and not just pursue it out of our own selfish ambition yeah. but actually go okay Lord, I'm willing to take this part of my life that I enjoy so much and I'm willing to open it up to you to potentially bring in some community some relationships you know whether it's whether it's running or ping pong or croquet right. or or you know like or book reading you know like having a book club together and helping people understand how to get stuff out of books I mean just on and on and on all the different options and so, um, this has been a really great conversation. We've talked a little bit about how leading a group, you know, puts you in a place to, to more effectively use your gifts and talents. Talked about, um, how God wants us to be disciplers, like go in all the world, make disciples and, and, and being a group leader, really, it rests on that foundation. Talked about the stretch factor that it, it causes you to stretch your capacity, stretch your, your, uh, your comfort zone. And then how we, that circle just kind of grows and gets bigger. It makes it less about you. It turns it uh, into, you know, less of a self-centered thing, and helps you learn like no one's business. Because when you gotta teach, you learn. You learn a lot better. Um, And so uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk out of two sides of our mouth just for a moment, Mm -hmm. uh, because we we talked about how leading a group makes you less selfish. Now let's talk just for a moment, maybe kind of tongue in cheek a little bit. You know, just a little bit funny. Uh, We're gonna talk about three. uh, Well two main reasons uh, that are selfish of why it's better to lead a group than it is to uh, just join a group uh, you want to talk to me about that absolutely
1: I mean I think I think a number one you get to build the group if you're the leader you get to build it around your life right yeah. meaning your schedule which I think uh, your interests your hobbies your passions your 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 kids, school schedule your your date nights your you get to build it around all those things because you are the leader right versus versus if you're just in the group you have to find a time that kind of fits you when you're the leader you get to make the time this is when we get to do it this is why we're going to do it and this is who we're going to do it with and yeah. and that just that just uh, you know which is great i mean it's cuz you know if god is built you with that skill set and that's talent, right? He's also given you the time. Uh, so you should be able to do that, but you know what I'm saying? So that it, it, you know, yeah, it's selfish It's a great selfish reason to do that, but it's also a lot of wisdom built into there as, totally. as well, you know, uh, um, you know, I, we have, we always tell our small group leaders, you're going to have people that go, man, I would love to be in your group, but I can't do it at this time. Can you do it at, at, I can't do it Friday. Can you do it Saturday? And then you make sure you tell them, no, we're doing it Friday because that's when I can do it. (laughs) If you can come great, if you can't, oh, well. Start start a group on Saturday. (laughs)
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) As soon as you change it from Friday to Saturday, they're probably not coming anymore. Right, and that's the truth. Yeah. yeah. So I I love it. You get to set the schedule. You get to set the
0: topic. You know, like where you're going with the group. And um, then we we did a whole we did a whole episode previously on your life is your group and that whole concept about taking stuff and we've just referenced it about the motorcycles and that kind of stuff is is really forming what you're gonna lead as a small group around something that you're already passionate about, something yeah. that already is a part of your life and just. And again, like I said, I I like the picture of taking something that's really valuable to you and and just surrendering it to the Lord and saying, Lord, I'm going to give you part of my running thing. I'm going to give you part of my motorcycle riding. I'm going to give you part of my soccer playing and and I want you to use it for your kingdom and for your glory. And so Lord, you know, show me what you got, you know, and just allow, allow the Lord to step in and do something powerful. Um, so yeah, uh, well, I think this has been a very, uh, beneficial conversation. Again, just want to say thanks for hanging out and, uh, and uh, being a part of this conversation. Um, as I think this will give our, you know, small group leaders and potential small group leaders, maybe as they're, you know, small group leaders are talking to their assistants to try to step over that line, you know, and right. the, pe- the people that are riding on the fence to like actually commit. Um, so I always like to give my guests, if you have one last thing you want to say, just one little nugget you want to drop in there. It can be applied to what we've been talking about or it can be completely random. What's just one last thing you want to say before we sign off?
1: Oh, man. Okay, so now you put me in thought mode. Well, I was saying I'd probably keep it along the same lines of, of leading small groups uh, just because, I mean, that's that, I mean that's it's a good cross for me and my passions, my hobbies, and everything else. Um, if you're going to lead a small group, Make sure you build into that small group the big element of fun and have fun, have fun, have fun. No matter what the group is about, (laughs) no matter if it's about getting out of debt or deliverance or being better in a certain area of your life, always, always, always build in fun and have fun with your people. That, That
0: would be it. What do you think uh, doing that unlocks in the group?
1: You unlock, I mean, you unlock a lot of relationship, community. People get to see a side of you. This is why I love uh, small groups that are built around people's interests. Because in, in my mind, it really doesn't matter that the, the discipleship doesn't matter because of the topic you pick. Right. Discipleship happens because of the relationships you build. And relationships are usually built around similar interests and, and things that you have in common and, and similar goals and that sort of thing. Uh, so when you build in fun, a lot of more of that is what comes out. When you build in those fun times, conversation times, the, a lot more of that comes out than even in the, you know, I want to be a better parent topic, which is a great topic, but you're generally, here's all my issues, here's all my problems. And it's not more so. Here's who I really am, and this is what I want to accomplish. Here's my goals. Here's my dreams. Here's my gifting. That makes sense. So when you build in that element of fun, you'll find out a lot more about not only the leader. The leader gets to share an element of themselves with the people in their group, but the people yeah. in their group also get to connect on on the a, a real level. I, I believe that is is more. Yeah, different. I think that's. I
0: think you just hit it real good right there is that when you when you step into the place where you are legitimately having fun it means you're stepping into this level of authenticity yeah you know like you're not putting on a show you're not being the quote-unquote leader you're being you're being you you're being real and and that means like they can actually connect with you because we talk about small groups are the place where people can take off the mask and be real, you know? Right. And, and today that word. means more than <laughs> today, <laughs> you get to take off two masks, but, um, and, and just how, I, I think that when you, when you've stepped into the place where you allow yourself as a leader to have fun, it means that you have stepped into a place where you are willing to be real and yep. not, and not be like following the script and doing a great job as a leader, but being real and, and people just desperately want real they want genuine people to go you're a real person and you love jesus and like tell me how you do that tell me how you follow him and be real
1: that's so true and if you look if you read the, the best obviously the best small group leader ever was jesus christ and you it's hard to go more than a couple of chapters without him eating and fellowshipping and having a good time with his Come people yeah yeah yep. <laughs> you know that's why I do this is I, you
0: know, throw that random thing out there. We got a whole nother podcast episode pretty much. (laughs) And this one's just the free one thrown in at the end. (laughs) So, Awesome. Well, I am definitely going to have to have you back for another episode. So uh, we'll definitely uh, ramp up for that. But uh, just thanks so much for being a part and uh, God bless you. And we will uh, we will see you on the next episode. Awesome. All right, there you have it. Great content. So thankful to have my friend Melton Weaver join us for this episode. If you are new listening to the program today, would love it if wherever you're listening to the podcast, whether it's in the Apple podcast or on Google or on Pandora or Spotify, we are hoping that you will like and share and review and all of those good things Uh, think of three friends that you can text a a link to the episode and just share the love, and we would really appreciate that. If you have any questions or comments or, you know, maybe even some snide remarks, please feel free to email me at growingfaithpodcast at gmail.com. Would absolutely love to hear your feedback and also any ideas you might have for future episodes. Want to definitely make sure that the content we're bringing you is the best and most helpful we could possibly offer you. With that, God bless you. Have an amazing day.